1: Visit the Bedfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, man, I love 1981 almost as much as I love this new
2: Kiss album I just bought. I can't wait to open this up and have my ass kicked. Let's see what we got here. It's got a big brown table. Hmm. When the earth was young, they were already old. The fuck does that mean? Anyway, whatever. Melt my face, Kiss! That's kind of a weird way to start a Kiss album. Is that a fucking oboe? God, what... What is this? The Cobra's in Fire, the Elder Edition. If you're a KISS fan, a KISS nerd, a KISS geek, or just a card-carrying member of the KISS army, man, have we got a special KISSmas treat for your earbuds. I'm talking about music from the Elder turning 35, people. Today, I'm going to be joined by Rob Kern, and Rob and I form probably the two most intellectual, deep-thinking minds on the topic of KISS, Music from the Elder, released in 1981. Unfortunately, we will not be joined by my normal co-host, Luce Cannon, as our new king has summoned him uh, to offer counsel on all things kingly related so that loose is a smart dude so he's uh, in high demand so he left the controls to cobras and fire with yours truly and i decided to reach out to my friend and spiritual advisor rob kern to talk about a, a record that him and i both have a lot of passion for and I, that's of course music from the elder from kiss this album has you know pretty much been kind of a lightning rod in the kiss army people love it people hate it and hopefully by the end of this two-part series you'll have at least a little more appreciation for it if you're on the negative side and if you like the record i think you're gonna have a good listen and a little bit of you know banter between rob and i kind of goes a little sideways but that's pretty much standard operating procedure here at cobras and fire If the idea of two grown men talking about Kiss Music from the Elder doesn't get your nuts a little tingly, I don't think anything will. Let's get right to it. Music from the Elder. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco. This week I don't have Loose Cannon with me. I have Rob Kern, who besides being my personal spiritual advisor, uh, you are the host of Loud, Drunk, and Angry on the, is it the Uncontrolled Noise Radio Network. Did I get that right?
3: Yes, it is. Uh, Loud, Drunk, and Angry, the only show that wears its liver on its sleeve. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we drink and play a lot of music.
2: Right on. Yeah, a lot of great music too, so check that out. And would you still call yourself a host of From Out of Nowhere?
3: <laughs> yeah, we're going to record some episodes again at some point. We, what we like to do is do a bunch of shows where we've got like 94 episodes, mm-hmm. do a bunch in a row, get the following build up, and then just completely vanish for about a year. But my man, how are you? It's been about what,
2: about six months since we talked for the Alice Cutter Yeah, Center. I know we uh, stay do in touch a- on Facebook, but...
3: Uh, doing great, having way too much fun with that Metallica name generator today.
2: Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of cool, a nice little freebie to throw out there. Did you buy the new Metallica?
3: No, I haven't even played a song from it yet.
2: Hmm. I picked it up on the way home, um, I don't know, they're just one of those bands that are on the list, no matter what. I I plan on being underwhelmed, but uh, I can't uh, give you any review of it yet.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll probably break down and buy it at some point. I'm just I'm being bullheaded and a and an old cranky old son of a bitch and and just refuse to buy it.
2: Right. Okay. Well you are aren't you uh, also besides those those other titles that we talked about, you is it Galleon, Ohio?
3: Yes it is. Oh, uh wow, look at that. You are uh, the
2: town drunk of Gallion, Ohio, if I follow you on <laughs> Facebook uh correctly. Do it. I, I I try my best. I try my best. Uh St. Paul's too big of a town for me to be the town drunk. Um, I'm I, I, I'm I'm in there with uh, with the wannabes.
3: Okay. Well, let's, you know you you got to keep keep reaching for the stars, mm-hmm. as Casey Kasem would say.
2: I do my best. <laughs> well, today, Rob, uh, one of the actually this is one of the first times that I I, I reached out to you, um, for some counsel, um, the the topic we're going to talk about today, and that's the music from the Elder. Uh, uh, a, f- a couple of my friends and I'm actually going to call them out. Screw it. It's a guy named Rick who works at Mr. Zero, uh, runs a, a store called Mr. Zeros in in the cities here, and probably my best friend on the planet, Wilson. Uh, they both think the song sequence of the original American release was correct. I think the artist sequence always is what you want to do. Um, and I asked you for your advice, and of course, I knew you were going to take my side, which is why I might have reached out to you. But
3: Yeah, yeah, you have to. You have, I mean, there's a lot of thought that goes into, as you know, mm-hmm. a track listing on a record. And especially and a concept album. Exactly, exactly. The, the story doesn't flow, and I know as a young kid, when I finally read an article where they talked about you know, this track listing and, yeah, you, know, you didn't go on the Internet back then. You had to read, you know, Shit Prater or one of those magazines. <laughs> and and one of these magazines had it Very in there. Very so current forced... articles,
2: too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a three month cycle. Anyway. Go ahead. And,
3: and so I instantly, you know, made a tape with the correct order. And that's that was my go to. Or sit there with the album, and you know, of course, I had enough copies of the records that if I had two turntables, I could have side A and side B, and you know, <laughs> jump back and
1: forth.
2: Yeah, and like the, the early pressings of the vinyl um, actually had the proper order, so they must have like you know, stop the presses because I know I have a copy right in front of me tonight that has it in the uh, original American release order, or as right. you call it, the incorrect
3: order. Yes, but
2: um, yeah, um, well, let, let's um, let's just start with a little history on the record it was you know a kind of a turning point for kiss at the time peter chris was officially out of the band i know he didn't really play on the two records prior to this uh but uh they decided to do something a little more drastic they, they did that disco record with dynasty which is really more just a disco sounding record than it is a disco record at least in my opinion and then the kind of the poppier unmasked and then Somehow Bob Ezrin got into the mix, writing high from the success of Pink Floyd, The Wall, and they did a concept album. What were, well, tell me how, how you first saw it and your first impressions of it. You're, you're, you're much older than I am. I like. To say
3: <laughs> yes, yes, my wide old years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 13 years old. We were visiting relatives in Portsmouth, Ohio, and we were in a Kmart. It was after church. And of course, back, th- back yes. then, as I always did, when we would go to a store, I made a beeline right to the record section, and you always go right to the KISS section.
2: Hey, real, and, qu- real quick side note, did you ever like use your fingernail to open the plastic to see what kind of goodies KISS albums had?
3: No, no. That all w- the time. <laughs> we, our record store that we had, the music land, they were right on top of you watching you know, like Hawks. Hmm. But this Kmart... Kmart I and yeah, so you are
2: know, not as tight on
3: it but you know how it is when you would go to the kiss bin, you could tell just by the colors on the top of the, the albums, if there was a new album or not. Yeah. yeah. Cause you, you, you had no idea as a kid. And I remember looking and I'm like, what's this Brown thing halfway back? It's, it's probably just some jackass put a, you know, an ABBA record in there.
2: So and I, you hadn't, hadn't even heard of the record being out at this point.
3: No, I was 13 years old, uh, lived in a small town. There was, you know like you said it was usually a three month cycle they were two three months (laughs) behind in any of the rock magazines so no what no idea i was just this you know little sheltered nitwit and i remember seeing it and just nearly shitting my pants as i always did whenever i found a new kiss record and i remember chasing my mom down in the store (laughs) and and begging please let me buy this And at that point, I think I made like 50 cents a week allowance and I would shine my dad's shoes to get money to buy shit. And I was already mortgaged out for like four months on my allowance because (laughs) I had bought some other record. And I remember just like begging my mom and she, she, knowing what a giant Kiss fan I was, finally relented and said, "Okay." And I remember getting back to my grandma's house and opening it up and being shocked that there were no toys in it.
2: Yeah, yeah. They'd uh, it would be the first record without goodies since what, Destroyer?
3: Yeah. I was just like, oh, wow, this is bizarre. And then there's like no photos. There's just a photo of that, you know, big buffet table there. And it's like, wow, what is this? But I love the record. I put it on and, you know, Kiss could do no wrong back when I was 13 mm-hmm. years old.
2: It, I think it does help when you're listening to that if you're in that mindset. But by comparison, Asylum doesn't hold up for me, you know, because. I pretty much forced myself to enjoy that record. So, my point being, I actually like the record. I still do. I think we we both talked about that quite a bit.
3: This is the album where all of my friends jumped off the Kiss bandwagon. Like every one of them. I remember coming back home and playing it for my buddies, and you know, forcing them to sit there in the bedroom and listen to the whole album. <laughs> and and they were just like, I mean, every one of them were like, uh, yeah. Is this is this record about done?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm just a boy. Uh yeah. I didn't have that social network, you know, where I had friends that bailed on Kiss. I had one friend who liked Kiss, and everybody else in my world, from first grade till about junior high, uh, hated Kiss. And with a passion, they hated it. So, you know, by the time The Elder came out, I had, this was the first record by, I would wait, no, Unmasked, I never bought. Now, by bought, you know, I mean, like, talk my parents into get for me. Right. But I just, at that point, I kind of checked out. I had started hiding my Kiss records for when for at my birthday parties because I didn't want to get made fun of for it. And so I never really had this experience where people, you know, were, because I've heard this from other people when this album came out that, you know, a lot of people I knew just turned off from Kiss because of that record. And and I can see it, I guess. But one thing I don't get out of a lot of the comments that come from it uh, is, is it's a horrible record. I, I get that you don't like it. I get that you don't understand it. But it, the reaction to it were people like, that album fucking sucks. I'm like, I, maybe I'm like intellectualizing that comment too much. But I... I'm like it's actually some some very well-written songs especially for Kiss and I think they with with the uh, with with the exception of a couple things we'll touch on as we go through they they succeeded at what they went out to do it just didn't work and and right. frankly in hindsight it it's probably a lot more obvious now I'm fucking happy they did it cuz I I still listen to this record a, a couple times a year but I never do you, do you ever sit down and like just I mean do you do you pick any of these songs and throw them on on an iPod or MP3 player? I mean, I always have to listen to the whole record.
3: I'm that way, too. If I'm going to sit down and listen to it, I'm listening to the whole damn thing. I've always been an album guy, though. I'm yeah. still, to this day, I, I like to listen to shit, you know, to its completion. And especially this record. Yeah, if I'm playing one song, I'm playing the whole thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I have, like, a, a little thumb drive in my car that has, like, a thousand songs. And that's just, like, songs I cherry-picked from my library that I, I played on random. Uh, just to kind of almost like my own personal radio station. But, yeah, I, I am definitely an album guy in general. But this record, I've never really, like, ever just picked a song to listen to. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Right on. Well, see, now we're already off the running. So, uh, <laughs> Rob and Baco have decided this is a great record. You should go out and buy it. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> so, uh, let's... You no, know, I just actually bought the the that uh, the 180 gram vinyl one that the of all those Kiss reissues like this last weekend. They have this thing in the Twin Cities here called Elderfest at a record store. Um, it started on a bet, but now it's like the third year running. Um, anyway, I've bought this thing probably more than any other Kiss album, and if I understand some of your comments, it's the same on your end, right?
3: Oh, it it, it was ridiculous. I you know I had to have like you know the Dutch version. The South American oh, version. Way uh, further than I did then. Oh, I, I had at one time like nine different regions. You know, of course, you had to have the Japanese version. <laughs> yeah. and, and and then when the, it came out uh, in Japan on CD, you had to have that version. And, yeah, it was ridiculous. The cassette, I had to have that. Yeah, it was just this. I mean, I, the, the money I blew on Kiss, <laughs> I I
2: could
3: I could I could own a house three times the size of what I own right now.
2: Wow, that's uh, that's saying a lot. I've
3: I'm... I've broken my kiss addiction, though. I don't have the new hundred and eighty gram vinyl, mm-hmm. any of those. I don't even have the little love gun magnet yet. I have broken my cycle of kiss addiction.
2: Well, it sounds like it was a, a good thing.
3: <laughs> when when I was out of work at one point, when uh, oh, when yeah. when the GM factory closed, and I was back to school. And there was a stretch where it's like, okay, we need money. And I went down and I thought, you know, I'm just going to take a look and I'm going through my vinyl and I forgot that I had all the, the ones that came out, uh, that, uh, polygram issued in, in Germany, the picture discs that were limited and numbered. Yeah. I had every one of those. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about these. And so I went online and looked and I'm like, oh, holy balls. And i've pretty much then i don't even know if i have a vinyl copy of the elder anymore i sold so much shit over a a summer over like a three and a half month period that ebay said we're gonna have to turn you into the irs you've made that much money
2: that's a lot of shit rob
3: and and like my wife as she says now i walk downstairs and i can't tell that you've sold a fucking thing
2: (laughs) ha (laughs) Yeah, I I went through um, a similar purge, not to the degree you're talking, that's for sure. Uh, But, you know, as you know, I do some of the the concert photography and stuff for Decibel Geek and also for personal enjoyment. But I wanted to upgrade my gear a little bit, but because I don't make a penny and this is a significant purchase, I really don't want to go into debt on a credit card over it. I actually unloaded a, I don't know, a a sizable amount of my Kiss collection. It was amazing how easy it was. And next thing I know, I had a new camera. Now, it, it was it was very difficult for me to even get to the point where I was weeding out of certain items. Uh, but once they were gone, it, it didn't really bother me too much. And now I'm looking at all this shit. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, do I, I mean, I'm fucking 46 years old. What am I going to do with this? I mean, I got the Kiss pinball. I don't know. Someone's got four grand and a pickup truck. Head on over to my house. I'll <laughs> Come get
3: it. We, uh, My buddies and I, Michael Hannon, you know, from American Dog. Right? Yes. We talk, we have a, uh, we've got a little thing kind of planned that whoever dies first, the other guy comes over and gets, you know, what do you want? If, if I <laughs> die first, what do you want? And we have this because we're, we're the last of it. Uh, realistically, mm-hmm. at some point when I die, my kids are going to haul all that shit to the dump.
2: Oh, my kids have been trained to sell it. Well, yeah, they'll Find probably sell, but
3: there's going to be they're going to be like Jesus, this old man, we could have had a pool. Look at this son of a bitch. Look at this shit.
2: Ha, yes. That's what they get. Live your own fucking life. Fire <laughs> your own damn pool, you little shit. <laughs> but I want to kiss I... records. Let's get it back to the record. So let's start with side one. Um, we're going to use the proper order if it's all right with uh, um, my uh, my sense
3: sensei. Absolutely, yes. yes. Uh,
2: all right. So the opening track, uh, Fanfare, you know, kind of tells the whole story. <laughs> I, 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 get, uh... I get why PolyGram probably had some uh, culture shock. They're like, because they had recently bought Casablanca and then they got Kiss, and they're like, they hear this i i don't know about you do you do you imagine them like th- sitting in like a room with the lights lowered and everybody just has to sit quiet while they listen to this whole record
3: <laughs> oh yeah and, and all the execs looking at one another going holy <laughs> shit yeah,
2: you, you got gene with his arms crossed with a big grin on his face and, and paul shushing everybody
3: <laughs> quiet ace ace passed out in the corner yeah. sniffing yeah. sniffing yeah. glue yeah
2: he's like <laughs> I was like, shut up, Ace. This is serious.
3: I wish I was looking for my son's recorder, you know, how kids have those flutophones oh, or whatever, so we could could have sat here and played Fanfare. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do,
2: do, do. <laughs> yeah, well, I got plenty of instruments around here, but nothing that would really spice it up. Uh, yeah, so uh, what do you think of Fanfare? I mean, how often do you – I usually put that on repeat for a while. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, "What is this?" You know, wow, kisses—they're important.
2: <laughs> hey, you know what? I skipped. I actually wanted to talk about the cover. Do you like the cover?
3: In the in the world of Kiss fandom, how is it nobody's made a goddamn door?
2: Oh my god, I want to make the door knocker. My wife, I uh, I found the rose. I got a rose somewhere, but I cannot find a door knocker like this. With I mean, with there's like some that are close. But there, we're talking eight or nine hundred bucks. So I'm I'm at the point where I think I have to carve one out of balsa wood. I have a front door very similar to this. It doesn't have like the little metal spikes, but it would look pretty fucking cool with this on there. Do you know who uh Matt Porter is? Kiss uh Kiss uh yeah, the Kiss Room? Uh uh. Alright, well that's a that's a KISS podcast. It's a live one that's done monthly. Uh he's more the positive upbeat super fan guy. But I I, I actually have talked to him a little bit on Facebook. Uh about, like, my obsession with that door knocker. But, yeah, how come, like, I mean, there's been a couple, right? There's
3: There has to be. You know, you read in that Kiss book how the guy they interview, the dude that mocked up that door. And I'm, like, you know, looking at a, one of the doors on our closets, and I'm, like, you know... I could spend a couple months making them little doohickeys and gluing them yeah. onto the fucking door and my wife's fucking like no you, I can't get you to, to Michaels paint. are a
2: hobby lobby. They got to have those in a bag, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> my wife said uh, I she can't get me to paint the hallway. I'm not going to spend a, uh, you know, 6 weeks making a kiss door. Fuck and that. And all I all I do is just take pictures of my hand in front of it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who comes has to get a selfie of their hand, and then like, but then you like you get like a polaroid, and you just yeah. stick them around the door and have them put their name on it. It's like, <laughs> oh my god! With, see, now we're we're giving away like gold here. Like people are yeah. gonna start doing this and charging for it.
3: That's oh. when they do the elder cruise. They'll be selling you know oh, doors on the cruise.
2: You might actually get me on there if they did an elder cruise, but. <laughs> Uh, Why don't they play this whole record on the fucking cruise? Why not play the entire Wicked List? They're starting to get a little deeper now, and I I appreciate that. But seriously, there should be like 30 songs that they don't fucking play at all. You have a very select group of people here. They will know any song you fucking play. So maybe Love Gun and Detroit Rock City and Rock and Roll Night can maybe take a back seat for a few days.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Play the deep cuts people. I tell you what, I'd consider Cruise if they played that shit. Uh, the the old Kiss geek and me would just do backflips.
2: Oh, I know. Yeah, even if even with this this current lineup it'd be it'd be cool. It'd pro- well, musically it'd be better with the current lineup than Right. Me. Oh, cheers. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to make that a little more dramatic. Yeah, so I I love the cover. Um I I, I was you know, my parents were very poor, and we were getting—they were getting divorced around this time—and it was hard getting a Kiss record when they were married. So uh, the, it's amazing a year later that my mom bought me *Creatures of the Night*. I think it was divorce guilt. <laughs> uh, um, by the way, she bought it at a Kmart. So I didn't get this record. It, it was—it bet- was a combination of me not being willing to ask, and also like kind of checking out um, from Kiss a little bit. But I just. The the cover is awesome. I, I even love the gatefold and the, the those gothic t- chairs around the big old wooden table and the
3: the text about when the earth was young they were already old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, brown is the most rock and roll color in yeah. my opinion.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Eddie Van Halen even calls his sound the brown sound. Exactly.
3: Yeah. So,
2: uh, no, I love the little red Kiss logo. Everything about it. I don't know the door knocker and. It, it, it's true that that's Paul's hand, correct? I've heard different stories, but it seems like we've... I think it is, yeah. yeah. All right, so back to the uh, track listing of this Bob Erzman-produced masterpiece. So fa- after Fanfare, we get Just a Boy. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one.
4: I am just a boy!
2: <laughs> that's that's as high as I can get. Do young movies, say lead! <laughs> Now, a fun thing I'd like to do and I'll, I'll pipe in occasionally. Let how would Brett Michaels sing it? Like, "I'm just a boy, too young to be sailing." I have no idea why Brett Michaels has anything to do with this, but I I don't care, skeepe boop. He
3: he played uh he played uh, just up the road from me, about 10 miles up the road oh, from me last night and a I'm bunch sorry, of girls Rob, at I work. I no idea. A bunch of girls at work. They they they've heard through the grapevine that I like heavy metal. So of course they all asked me if I was going to Brett Michaels and oh, I'm like yeah I'm assignment. a little heavier than Brett. But <laughs> a bunch of them were going and I told them I said I got I got a hundred dollar bounty if 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 one of y'all snatches wig off his head.
2: <laughs> I I am craving some fresh Brett Michaels news. I mean like just anything. Some new product. Can he like can he rock my tool chest or something? I mean, it's, I, I'm, it, it's been too long since he's done something so obscenely stupid. And, and I don't, you know, he's, he's got that Gene Simmons thing too, where he like, you know, everything he names is Brett Michaels in the, or rock your this or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, I, speaking of which I'll get to that. You know, we'll get to a Gene Simmons game that I want to play with you. A word association. <laughs> uh, just, well,
3: no, I... oh, go ahead. Just a boy, I, I love it, man. It's got some acoustic guitar and Air Paul hitting the high notes. I, the uh, first time I played it, I was like, "Wow, this is cool." And that, it, this was the one that my buddies were all like looking at each other sideways, going, "This is Kiss."
2: Um, I dug it in the sense of it was on the record, but it was never one of those songs that that I got into until I don't know. I would in the last ten years probably, but I I, I still. I, I don't like the falsetto anywhere that Paul does in the record, and he does it good, by the way. It's it's not the performance; I just don't like it. But this song kind of doesn't it basically tell the entire story of the record. I mean, it's yeah, basically yeah. done,
3: right there, yeah.
2: Um, and that's kind of, I mean, I, I think that's one of the problems. That, and again, as we go through this, we'll get deeper into it. I think the concept was weak. It was just kind of a I don't know. It's like you know how Gene and Paul were never the cool kids, right? So they always kind of like follow certain trends, but they never really related to them.
3: Exactly. I I agree with that totally. Yeah, they they do. They chase a trend, you know, like especially Asylum era. But Mm -hmm. it just it doesn't it doesn't come off as complete or realistic. It's just like oh hey this is cool. Let's let's do you know let's do a concept record. Let's tell a story. Let's put on a show, guys and you're right it it uh it it just isn't very fleshed out it's like something you'd come up with uh, drinking beers
2: it, it's kind of like um well two two parts to this the, you know the, you know they've always had that kind of that fantasy comic book image right but they focused on the wrong genre of fantasy you know it, again because it's almost like they don't even get the nerd in them but <laughs> but but it was like gene went to like uh, how to write a story class and got the very bare basics and checked out on, on the, the second, you know, halfway through the second class. So I got it, which yeah. actually is <laughs> very much a Gene Simmons, a way to approach almost anything in life. <laughs> so I don't <I'm>, <laughs> even doubt if that's what happened, but um, no, it just, the concept doesn't really follow through. It's not really believable. It's, I, I think they do a really good job musically in songwriting and, and performance. And even the production is pretty good, but the the concept is just at no point does anybody relate to this. You know, it, I mean, this is the story of Elliot in ET. It's yeah, and
3: and they claim that oh well we had spoken word parts that we recorded that were going to be between each song that would flesh it out. Could you imagine the execs if they heard that version with all the the yapping in between songs? I bet they were just like, holy shit!
2: I would have liked to. I'd like. I I would love to hear it, wouldn't you?
3: I would. Oh absolutely.
2: Um, but anyway, um I it's it's a nice mellow tune. Uh and did you know that apparently Bob Ezrin played drums on it.
3: Oh, really?
2: I got that Did that new elder book, did you ever get that?
3: Yes I did. I, I kinda just read a piecemeal, like a chapter oh, same here. I I here. jump I jump all over it. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's but it's fantastic. I love how dense it is. Um but yeah, it, that's I got that from there. I had no idea that it was recorded with just basically Paul and Bob and uh, who knows what happen when the lights got dark <laughs> a little coke a little sexy time um, but no it's I actually think the, the, the song this is an example of like it's, Paul is trying to reach and do something a little outside of his comfort zone and I think he succeeds it, it's, it's a very well written and structured song yeah so I, I dig it Yeah. alright well let's move on to Odyssey
1: We'll
0: far off
2: I'm gonna let you take a lead on this one again, too. Come on, what we got, Rob?
3: Uh, when I was right around this time, it probably was uh, sixth grade, seventh grade. For Christmas, we wanted a video gaming system, and Odyssey? everybody else, everybody else went Atari, and we went Odyssey.
2: Oh my God! You know, you know that you're friends with Glenn Greiner, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, there are. I, I mean, I only know him through Facebook. But there are a lot of parallels in our lives. And it seems like there's certain things that, that I could say the same thing with you. Did we grow up in the same fucking house? <laughs> Everybody's got the 2,600 two years ago, and you just got this thing. I got to fucking tape a plastic screen to my TV. <laughs> I forgot about
3: that, yeah.
2: Oh, my God, yeah. And it came with every game that it existed for it, <laughs> <sighs> which I guess is sort of a plus
3: but uh no once again i mean it's you know it's not a, it's not their song have you heard but, you the tony
2: know, powers version
3: yes yeah I, I like it
2: it's almost it's pretty much identical it's just yeah somebody else doing it
3: i uh this was another one that my buddies so were like galaxy,
2: <laughs> you calling me we are on another sea
3: this is probably at the time was my least favorite ditto yeah, it was like, ah, yeah, this is a little too mellow for me. It's, you know, by that point, especially, you know, on the, the original, you know, the wrong track listing, that was like, you know, clear at the back end of the album, yeah. and it was like, oh, yeah, wasn't come it, on, guys. Oh, I got it right here. I can, uh,
2: it was between, uh, yeah, Escape from Island and I.
3: Yeah.
2: Anyway, carry on.
3: Yeah, so it was, you know, it was like, uh, now my one buddy Doug, because he, he kind of was into, like, piano, so he, he thought that was cool, that, you know, KISS was showcasing their other side again. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I like it more now than I did at the time, I guess. I don't know. It, it. It fits the record, oddly, considering it was written before it. Yeah. And I don't know anything about fucking Tony Power's. I don't either isn't that the guy who's like a self-help guru <laughs> I isn't
3: think that? so yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it, uh, it it definitely makes more sense you know in, in the retracking so <laughs> nothing else on Odyssey nah yeah nah. Okay. well uh, then we get the first Gene song Only You which I fucking love Only You
4: Have it- Answers. But the questions you have to find
3: that how many times has he recycled that one riff in it
2: oh my god it's on a black and blue song that on a record he produced
3: isn't it on uh windio i believe isn't uh, it on one of her tracks uh uh doro didn't she use it too she, i mean it's she just...
2: recorded the song
3: okay and then uh then it popped up again on revenge which song on revenge it's that uh, uh unholy kind of has just a oh, hint of that sure. only uh, <laughs> yeah you're talking about yeah, I <laughs> yeah.
2: oh, just making sure we're talking about the same riff, yeah, no, yeah, you're yeah, right. I never placed it with the unholy thing until now, thanks for ruining that, Rob. <laughs>
3: Uh, No, this was the one that I, you know, really, really would crank all the time. I thought this was badass. I I think Gene really, you know, he kind of came loaded for this record.
2: And I love the way it segues. It's almost like one song between Only You and Under the Rose.
4: The more you hold
3: I dig under the rose, but sometimes when if I'm in a certain mood, I play it and it's like, Jesus, who ate it? I just feel like I ate a mouthful of Qualudes.
2: Yeah, we're really selling how good this record is, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we love this record, and all we're doing is bashing the shit oh my out God. of it. And I how did Eric kinda... Carr get a co write on that? I mean, those Boy. guys don't toss out co writes for a, a minor input, especially oh, from I a know. fucking drummer.
3: Yeah, I I that's and that's why I was all excited. Eric Carr co-wrote this song. Hey, all right.
2: So he must have done something substantial. It might have even been his initial piece that Gene just stole.
3: Yeah, um, Gene, you know, changed three words and and uh said, "I'll take 50% of that."
2: I like "Only You" a lot. Um I I, I you know, it's got that nice little kind of slow little only you and she I I like when Gene actually kind of stretches a little bit on a mellow song and sing. I think he's got a a much better voice than than he gets credit for sometimes. I agree. I I really do love just the way that the the music transitions, like I was saying, into Under the Rose. Now, I don't know what was going on when they did that kind of gang vocal. Loneliness will haunt you. That doesn't sound like it was recorded properly.
3: I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it gets, it's murky and yeah, muddy.
2: Yeah, it gets kind of flat and muddy, like you're saying there. But I fucking, I love it. I don't know.
3: Yeah, yeah. I dig it. All right, I
2: got a feeling we're going to get to our first spot where we might disagree here. Dark Light,
3: go. I love Dark Light. This was the one that I tried to get my listen to Ace just rip on the guitar. Classic Ace. Oh I, my when God, Ace sings, I solo. love it. breakdown great song great song it's it, you know ace showed up for 20 minutes and and you know contributed a little bit and just tore it up
2: <laughs> he's sitting in that tiny studio in his connecticut apartment uh, <laughs> oh yeah, apartment i oh feel like his fucking compound i'm like do it um i i'm sorry we skipped over a little bit that i wanted to talk about on under the rose now, under the rose has that kind of trade-off uh, lead vocal from gene and paul correct or is that only you
3: you know i'd have to go back and play to tell you the truth i can't remember I'm
2: looking at the lyrics was in every age and every time that is under only you okay so only yeah. you has that i wanted to touch on that a little bit because that's one thing that uh i'll i'll join the uh the diehards with as far as getting kiss erections i would have liked the scene over the years gene and paul do a little more of that you know maybe once every other record or something where they trade lead vocals you know i like agree a, i love it yeah it's it, it sounds really cool every time they do it you know and they just didn't do it very much but yeah i i thought it was kind of neat on there uh, but yeah back to dark light uh i don't like the song that much i, I you've heard the have you heard the the original version don't run yeah yeah and it's basically the same song just with uh you know even
3: dumber lyrics <laughs> but, look lo- out go ahead i love ace's monotone i just i, I love ace I, He he's just he's so much fun Yeah, you know yeah the lyrics are dumb he's yeah. you know flat as a pancake when he sings but it works <laughs> for him ne- love- never has a guy done so much with so little in michael ace
2: anthony. oh wait no michael anthony can sing sorry
3: Nicky Six. But what, you know, Ace had a very limited toolbox, but God damn it, he was a master craftsman with what he had.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get, sometimes people think I don't like Ace. I think it's amazing what he adds to Kiss, and it is so significant when when, it, when it's not there. Uh, but I just, his own art and his own craft, he peaked at his 78th solo album, it seems like everything after that was like, it got to be okay. That was that was like the the his like shooting point. I want to be okay. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, wanna... Ace Ace is lazy. I will say that.
2: But this song, it, it I don't know if you if you've heard me complain about it on other episodes, but it, it hits on one of the things that Ace kind of falls back into that drives me crazy, and it's the sing don't play, play don't sing songwriting style where it's just like. <laughs> he, 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 you know, it's like cold gin. Shock me. The, I mean, there's, there's so many. He still does it on certain songs, but I, I just don't like the song that much. But the solo fucking rips. And when, yeah. you, when you have it as the end of side one, it's just like, oh my god, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's such a good solo. And like I said, it's got that. Finally, Eric Carr gets to play a little bit, and it's kind of got that weird look. I don't know i'm probably calling this the wrong thing but kind of african
3: like sure yeah yeah that little groove going on there yeah
2: and uh no it was oh and by the way imagine being eric Carr this whole time he joins fucking kiss and
3: this is the first
2: <laughs> 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 oh, yeah.
3: hey guys what's going on here <laughs>
2: sounds good paul it's like um hey uh i just just got the record and i I didn't play in a couple of. Those. I don't remember recording a couple of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. It's the paycheck. <laughs> oh my god! No, I um. That wraps up side one, and um, like I said, you know, I get. I, I had a feeling you were going to be a fan of Dark Light because you know I, I'm typically the only person who doesn't find that a high point in this album. Side one of KISS, music from the elder, with two of the greatest elder experts on the planet discussing it in very deep and intellectual terms. I hope you liked it. Uh, We look forward to having you back for part two, which will be up in about a week, which part two is also side two. I just felt like I needed to say that, apparently. Uh, If you uh, happen to be on Facebook, why don't you find us there and click like. Uh, It's a little button on the left-hand side, Cobras and Fire Podcasts. And also, it's a great way to give us feedback like about how we're not as cool as we think we are or uh, our heads are too big for our bodies. Anything like that, we're uh, happy to hear. Also, if you happen to know of a new band we should check out, we're always looking for ways to support rock and roll and uh, uh, push the future of it. If you're on iTunes, please give us a nice rating. And if uh, you could leave a little remark about um, you know, how loose is... Uh, is, is not as funny as Baco I would appreciate that personally and it dawned on me after about a year and a half of doing this we've I've, we've never really stopped and just Gave proper thanks to Chris and Aaron over at Decibel Geek for all the support and all the kind words they say for us, and and they've helped us out so much. So many doors have been opened because of our relationship with them. This show wouldn't exist as it is without them, so thank you very much. And if you listen to this show, you should be checking them out, but odds are you found out about us through them, so you probably already are. But if you like what we do, they're a a more structured version of us, but uh, they're they're great guys, put on a great show, and I don't get paid to say anything. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Aaron. And check, check out Decibel Geek if you're not already doing it. But, again, odds are if you're listening to me right now, you already know about them. And lastly, if you like KISS podcasts, there are a couple that only talk about KISS. That I would like to uh, uh, bring up. And that's the Kiss Room, hosted by the powerful and attractive Matt Porter. Um, if you like a lot of positivity and just a celebration of every every inch of kiss, uh, that's, a, that's a place to go. And also Podkiss, which is hosted by the super kiss guru. guru. He is, uh, I would call him the Gandhi of kiss knowledge. And that, is, of course, is Ken Mills was also powerful and attractive so check those two out there's many more out there you can just search kiss podcast and podcast and you'll find a, a bunch of them so anyway thank you for checking out thank you from uh, loose cannon my name is Baco. bye bye